Joshua chapter 13. I guess tonight really kind of is going to be just reiterating some stuff that we've already talked about. Uh, I didn't really want to skip over over this, so we're just going to kind of, I guess, have a little bit of a history lesson tonight. Uh, some of these, some things in the Bible, there's really good application for them and, and good ways for us to apply them to our life, and I've probably said this, excuse me, before, uh, and some stuff is just, it's good historically, and, 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 and maybe there's application that you'll notice, things that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you that I don't notice, but uh, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 13, starting in verse 1, and we're just going to read through the first few verses of it down to verse 7, and we'll just kind of talk some more about uh, the nation of Israel, uh, Joshua, and as he leads them into this promised land. As we left off last week, we saw that uh, the land had rested from war, that they had finally gone in, that they had conquered a lot of their enemies, uh, but there was still more work to do. Uh, we talked last week about how there were, we were fixing to get into the dividing up of the land of the nation of Israel. All right, hold that thought because I got something for y'all real quick. I forgot to get it. I got y'all a little a little paper because just just for so you can kind of get a, an idea of what we're talking about when we start talking about these these twelve tribes and where they're all located and who got what land. This is this is a map. It's, it's same same area that modern day Israel is. So that's where this this this, this spot is. And uh, you guys can there's one more. You might not have quite enough. And uh, that way you guys can just kind of see geographically what. Uh, where everything is at. So you can keep this, doodle on it, throw it away, whatever you want to. But for the purposes of tonight, this will help us understand as we get into the division of the land. So let's read the text, then we're going to pray, and then we'll get started. Joshua chapter 13. Joshua was now old, getting on in years, and the Lord said to him, you have become old, getting on in years, but a great deal of the land remains to be possessed. This is the land that remains. All the districts of the Philistines and the Geshurites from the Shehor east of Egypt to the border of Ekron on the north, considered to be Canaanite territory. The five Philistine rulers of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, as well as the Avites in the south. All the land of the Canaanites from Arah of the Sidonians to Aphek, and as far as the border of the Amorites, the land of the Gibelites, and, the, and all Lebanon east from Belgad below Mount Hermon to the entrance of Hamath. All the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Misrephoth, Maine, all the Sidonians. All right, I might not have got all those words right, but it's okay. We kind of get the idea. I will drive them out before the Israelites only distribute the land as an inheritance for Israel, as I have commanded you. Therefore, divide this land as an inheritance to the nine and a half tribes of Manasseh. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that 
you just speak through me tonight. Help my nerves to calm down after, after our singing, dear Lord. I thank you that we can come and sing. And, and God, it's not about me or how good I play or how good we sing or, or anything. It's about you, dear Lord. You're worthy of our praise, and we thank you that we can come and praise. We thank you for your good word tonight. And I pray that every eye will be on you, every heart will be on you, that our attention will be focused, that the Holy Spirit would lead me to preach and teach tonight in a way that, that, that we need to hear it, God. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. So God had already established uh, what the promised land was going to be. He told Abraham that all the area that he was in, Canaan, which is all of that area along the Mediterranean Sea on your map there, that was the land of Canaan that God told Abraham, this is one day going to be your land. Now, we saw leading up into the, 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 the promised land as the people were going in that there were two and a half tribes that wished to remain on the east side of the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River runs right smack dab down the middle of your map. And this is not where God intended for the people to be. He intended for them to be on the west side. But half of the tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Gad, and the tribe of Reuben said that they wanted to stay on the land to the east of the Jordan River. Now, we covered that earlier on in the book of Joshua. Joshua makes reference to these two and a half tribes or to the nine and a half tribes in, in various different points. Uh, but the, the, the deal was that the people of these two and a half tribes had to go in and fight alongside of the people with the rest of the tribes. And once they had conquered the land, God said, look, allow them to come back and live in this area. So here we see uh, the land is being divided. They had been in and they had been fighting over this land for all this time. Joshua had grown old, and before Joshua died, it came the task of dividing up the land. Now this was an exciting time because the people of Israel had not had a land to call their own up until this point. They had gone through all these battles. Joshua now had the task, after leading him into battle, of dividing up the land to who was going to get what. Now, these names you see on here are the 12 tribes of Israel that we see in the Old Testament. Now, I'll give you a few, a few, a few things to keep note of, and that is... Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Joseph was one of the original 12 sons of Israel, but uh, Israel, before he died, blessed Manasseh and Ephraim as opposed to blessing Joseph. And so they took Joseph's place. That leaves us with 13 tribes. But if you read the Old Testament, you will see that the tribe of Levi did not get an allotment of land. There is no allotment of land here in the promised land as Joshua is getting ready to give it out. The tribe of Levi is not going to get any of that land. It's not that they were left out or forgotten. God said the tribe of Levi is going to be the priestly tribe, and they are going to have cities and places throughout the rest of the land. So the Levites were going to have special places. They were going to have special lands to raise their, their flocks and all those things, but they didn't have a specific particular land to call their own. So here in the text, we see the, be the beginning of this division of the land. This, this division of the land that the people of Israel had looked forward to for quite some time. And Joshua is now about to give them this land. And that is what we're going to see over the next few chapters in Joshua. Now, I don't know how much detail we're really going to dig in. Just for time's sake, we probably won't dig in too deep. 
will probably kind of cut pretty close to the end of Joshua. I'll be covering a couple things here and there. But the bulk of the next few chapters of Joshua discuss this handing out of the land as, as to who gets what and who gets where. You also are going to see, if you read on in the book of Joshua, which I encourage you to do, uh, that there is going to be a little squabble between the two and a half tribes and the nine and a half tribes that remain. One thing that I think is super important for us to to recognize in these verses that we look at tonight, and that is the last couple of verses that we look at, and there's one word that we see, depending on your translation, but it's probably in yours too. Uh, We see it a couple times, and that is the word inheritance. Uh, From from, uh, Joshua chapter 13, I think, to about 21, depending on your translation, the word inheritance is mentioned 50 times, give or take a few. Uh, so this was, a, this was a big deal. It's not that this land was forcibly taken by Israel just because they saw it and they said that they wanted it and they just took it. But rather, it was something that was already given to them by God. That is, it was their inheritance. It was already belonging to them even though they weren't already there. And so they were merely going in to take what they already had. Now, I don't know if this phase of the process was easier for Joshua or was harder for Joshua. You would think that going in to fight a battle uh, amongst all these enemies was probably pretty tough on Joshua, but I, I can only imagine what it must have been like. You probably had this group saying, we want this land, this group saying, we want this land. I don't know if that was the case or not. It says in the Bible that they cast cast lots to see who was going to get what land. So I don't know if that was a, a big deal. I don't know if everything went smoothly or not. What I do know is, is that the text says that this land is an inheritance. It says, therefore, divide the land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and half tribe of Manasseh. That is the promised land because the other two and a half tribes got the land to the east of the Jordan. And I think that there are some some similarities between what we've seen here uh, with Moses and Joshua and with Jesus Christ. We've, We've talked about how Joshua was kind of a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. I think we see a lot of similarities. Uh, you know, in the, in the New Testament, we see references between Adam and between Jesus. That is, Adam was the one who came and sinned and made things difficult for us, but that is, Jesus is the one who came and did what God desired to lead us into our promised land. That is, an eternity with him. I think that that you see some similarities, even though I don't know that the Bible ever makes these similarities. I think it's it's natural for us to think these, or at least for me, to to come to this conclusion, is we see see Moses kind of in the same way. That is, Moses was able to lead them close, but because of sinfulness, he was not able to go in and lead the people all the way into the promised land. And just like Adam failed originally, so Moses was unable to lead the people in. And just as Joshua was able to lead the people in, so Jesus is able to accomplish what Adam couldn't. Joshua is able to accomplish what Moses couldn't. And so it's, it's pointing us forward to Jesus. It's pointing us forward to what we have to look forward to. God had promised the people what was going to be theirs, what they could have, and they finally got it because God is true to his word. And that should be an encouragement to us because God also promises that he prepares a place for us. If you want to turn to John chapter 14, you can. That's over in the New Testament, kind of a big turn from where we are. John chapter 14. Here's a promise that the Lord makes 
to us. Now, in particular, Jesus was speaking to the disciples here, but I think that these words are just as applicable for us today. John chapter 14, verse 1. Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you, I am going away to prepare a place for you. Now that's a, that's a good word of comfort. We hear those words a lot at funerals. Why? Because that's a good reminder that, that God has not left us here to suffer forever, but that when we leave this earth, that God has prepared a better place for us. He starts off saying, your heart must not be troubled. And this verse ends saying, look, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Now that's a good promise. And that's kind of similar to what we see with the children of Israel. That is, when, when God told them to go in and take the land that he had promised them, he said, look, don't let your heart be troubled. Uh, the exact words were, be strong and courageous. But in that same, that same attitude, that is that we should not worry about what may be coming our way, but that we should be focused on what God has promised, that he is going to take care of us. And God came through for the children of Israel and he gave them the place that he promised, the place that he had prepared for them. And so God will come through for you and I through Jesus Christ for the place that he is preparing for us. And just as Joshua led the people of Israel into this land and gave them what was already theirs, so Jesus is going to do for us because God says, look, when we are his, there is already a place. It's already ours. And the Israelites, this was already theirs. They didn't have it. But one day they finally got it. And for those of us who are in Christ, we don't have everything that God's promised for us today. But one day, Jesus is going to lead us to the place that he's promised for us. And it's going to be a wonderful place. Let's pray. God, we thank you tonight for uh, your words. We thank you for being true to your promise to your children Israel and leading them in and giving them the place that you promised to give them. And God, I thank you for for promising to give us a place. I thank you for uh, Jesus coming to, to lead us, to guide us on the right path, to uh, lead us in the right way. And Father God, I thank you for that. I pray that you be with each one of us as we, as we head out tonight. Keep us safe. Keep us warm. Help us to have a good week this week. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.